Welcome back to Untap Upkeep Drink. I'm your host, Drew Flitton, and today we're going to be doing a general news roundup. The perceptive among you will notice that there's been a change here at Untap Upkeep Drink, um, but we're also going to be talking about the Watsy announcements. So there's been some pro play changes with Magic Online. We've got stuff going on with the Magic Esports in Magic Arena, as well as just new stuff coming out. And then in just Paper Magic and all over, we've got a new set that has been announced. So before we get into that, of course, I want to just remind you, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, of course. We're at UUD Podcast or at Untap Upkeep Drink. Uh, appreciate your support. So first, as always, let's talk about some beers. Uh, because it's just me this time around, I've just got the one. So we've got Unibrow's Blanche Chambly. So this is a Belgian-style wild ale, and they say that it is an ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. It's 5% ABV and 10 IBUs. On the nose, it's like prototypical white ale. It's got a bit of spice and some fruity notes. Um, let's dive in. So that's pretty damn smooth. Uh, easy drinking. Basically tastes exactly like you'd expect out of it. Coriander is just a subtle hint to it. Uh, not really getting too much orange. It's kind of a more just generic fruitiness, which not really too mad about. I knew how to pick this one up because I recognized the name immediately. Couldn't tell you why. Looking into the beer more, see that this is one of the world's most like award-winning beers. This is a fantastic pickup for anyone looking for something a little bit different, but at the same time, it's not too far out there on either side. Whether it's too hoppy, too dark, it's kind of right in the middle. Nice summer beer. All right, so let's get into it. So first, I guess we got to kind of look at the, the serious here, right? The elephant in the room, uh, which is that I am solo this time around. So with everything going on, you know, current pandemic crisis with COVID-19, uh, Garyan had to make a pretty tough decision on his engagement and what he's able to do for the podcast. Uh, obviously, he's got a full-time job, uh, wife, kids, everything like that. Then you throw the podcast into that mix, and that's just a lot of stuff for one person to deal with. As you can imagine, kind of stressful, especially when we have such long episodes for like set reviews and everything like that. Um, dude is putting in overtime, and that's kind of an understatement. Another thing is that the more time he spent on the podcast, the less time he was doing those other things. Obviously, he wasn't letting it interrupt his work. He is a professional. He knows what he's doing, and he's not going to put his family at risk. And to that effect... The more time he spent on the podcast, the less time that he was actually spending with his family. And the man cares about his family. He's going to he's gonna do what is necessary to make sure that uh, his kids obviously interact with their father and he's able to enjoy his time with his wife and vice versa. He was also just not playing that much magic, which kind of sucked for him. Well, for all of us. Uh, the more time we dedicate to any individual episode obviously takes a lot of time and resources. And so having jobs and doing a podcast, sometimes the one thing that came uh, as a sacrifice was actually just playing magic. So obviously Garion was like our, our sound engineer. Um, Garion was the reason why Corey and I agreed to do the podcast. Um, Garion approached me, uh, I guess over a year ago, like almost a year and a half ago now, uh, about doing a podcast. Uh, I told him that if he was the one doing the audio, I would absolutely join him. Uh, and when we talked to Corey, basically had the same sentiment. Corey and I decided to jump on board with him because we knew that right out of the gate, our audio was going to be great. We didn't have to worry about anything after that, except for what we wanted to add to it, whether it was video, uh, getting YouTube and everything else going. What I didn't realize is how much extra work he was putting in on the side. Obviously, managing the audio side of it, he was doing the uploads for Podbean and YouTube, helping make sure that the Instagram worked, Facebook, all of that stuff, make sure that everything was connected. He was basically just our tech guy. So losing him is definitely going to hurt, but... We can do what we can. Hopefully the audio today is not too bad. Then we've got Corey. The dude works way more than any human should. He helped to open up a restaurant, which is a massive feat in and of itself. Then trying to keep it going just is always like a struggle unless your restaurant just absolutely pops off. And it was busy for a while. Then COVID hit. And so 
he's still managing that and it's like it's keeping him super super busy so realistically in the pandemic state that we're in during all of this Corey hasn't really been able to devote the most time to the podcast in the first place. Uh, honestly, sometimes we're lucky to get him on because dude works so much. We basically revolve our recording schedule around him to make sure that he's able to record. And everybody sets that time aside to make sure that we're able to do it. So without gearing, Corey just kind of called it off for his participation. Hopefully, I'm able to get them on either as guests or, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get the band back together after some of this settles down and I can help Gary and balance everything else out. So for now, it's just me. And now it comes to the hard question. Whether or not I continue to keep Untap Up, Keep Drink going. Obviously, it took a couple weeks for me to get to this point releasing this episode, but I need to know what the listeners and the viewers think. Is this something that you want? Is this something that you will continue to listen to? Because if so, I'm going to continue to make the content for you. I will do what I can. Right now, we, we need all the entertainment that we can get, and if I can provide that for you, I'm happy to do so. But I just need to know. So... Hit me up at any of the socials, at UUD Podcast, at Untap Upkeep Drink. Just let me know. If we've got more than one, then I'll definitely do it. Otherwise, I'm happy to have a discourse with someone, talk about magic. Well, let's get into some more of the fun things. So first thing I want to talk about is the banned and restricted update. So Brawl got an update, which is kind of interesting because I think Watsi wants to play hands-off on that one as much as they can. So the first one was Dranith Magistrate. Uh, basically, it just stopped people playing their commander. And in Brawl, which is already pretty restricted, you're doing as much as you can to play around your commander. And they banned Sorcerer's Spyglass before for a similar reason. Basically allows you to stop them from ever being able to play their commander. And that's kind of unfun in and of itself in normal game of commander. But that's where we have way better removal and ability to deal with something like that. You don't really have as good of resources in Brawl. So the next one was Winota Joiner Forces. Basically, they just saw that the win rate was going to be causing a bit of a warped metagame. So they're just too many similar decks because she was just too efficient, too good at what she did. Which, I mean, considering that it's Boros, not bad, Wotzi. You finally did it, and then you immediately took it away. As for Legacy, we don't really see Legacy or Vintage Bands, but we got both here. So Lurus of the Dream Den and Zerda the Dawn Weaker. Both these are companions, and the Lurus decks just had a high win rate, and using Lurus as a companion, there was just a low cost to use it, and it was even being used in the spell-heavy decks, uh, like the Delver decks. So that's the case where you're trying to shoehorn this creature, this card, in because it's just that good. Obviously, that's a problem. You have to take care of it. Zerda the Dawn Waker, kind of as Corey predicted. Grim Monolith decks just go nuts, and they could abuse the crap out of it. So the metagame didn't really point to Zerda being like super overpowered, but they could definitely see where that path was going, especially if they're going to be banning Lurus, then Zerda's just immediately going to take over. So I think realistically, that's more preventative than reactive. And it's amazing to see how fast Watsi was able to react to this because these cards haven't really been in rotation that long and people were kind of like figuring it out early, but they really, really just want to take care of, make sure that there's not going to be a warp metagame for a long time and just go for it. All right, let's talk vintage. So Lurus of the Dream Den again got banned. There again, basically no downside to playing it. And there's also Moxin. So Lurus allows you to cast permanents that are CMC two or less from a graveyard. That's, I mean, Moxon are free, right? Assuming that you've got them. It's also rare to see bans in Vintage, right? This is the format where we are allowed to play super powerful cards like the Moxon because they get restricted. But since it was being used as the companion, it was already going to be restricted to having one copy. So putting it on the restricted list wouldn't have actually made a difference. People would still use it exactly the same. Well, from ban, let's talk about pro play. So a lot of pro play is moving to esports. Some things are being moved onto Magic Online, but everything else that they can is going to be on Arena. We talked before in a previous news roundup about all of the previously canceled uh, like players tours and other events. Basically, all of them now are being moved to pro tours. 
are going to be done remotely through Arena. And then the new event that they have is the 2020 Season Grand Finals. So as far as the player tours are concerned, we've got the Tour Finals in Minneapolis going to be on Arena, and everything's going to be done remotely. We've got the Mythic Invitational for Corsa 21. Uh, I think that releases in June. So again, same thing. And then the Mythic Invitational for Zendikar Rising, which is going to be in the fall. I don't know if they've released an exact date for that yet. Stay tuned. I'm pumped for the set. Everyone else is. It's going to be good to see how the pros handle the standard environment. And then we've got the 2020 Season Grand Finals. So this is going to happen after the release of Zendikar Rising in the fall. So kind of expect late fall, hopefully, allow players to figure out what's going on with Zendikar Rising and everything else. So what it is, is the top 16 from the Mythic Invitational and the top 16 from the Players Tool Finals will get together for a $250,000 prize pool. So how do you get your piece of the pie? Well, there used to be the Players Tour qualifiers, and those were tabletop live events. And, well, with COVID, those are gone. So instead, what they're replacing them with is Magic Online Super Qualifiers. So we've got a bunch from here at the end of May. We've got Limited, Pioneer, Modern, and Legacy. So if that's your jam, get on, jam some games, and hopefully we'll see you on the Players Tour. Oh, and I should mention that these are running alongside the normal Player Tour series that is already on Magic Online. So you do have an opportunity, if you want to compete, to compete. Everything's just going to be done online. Before I get too far into this episode, I do want to get back to this unibrow. So I always thought it was a Garyan thing, but maybe it's just like the audio guy thing. You just accidentally knock over your beer. You're so focused on the audio and everything that's going on that you make a mess. Uh, so Garyan, I feel you. So this is the Blanche de Chambly from Unibrow, the Belgian-style white ale with coriander and orange peel. So since most everyone knows what the American lager tastes like, this is just a perfect upgrade to that. It's full-flavored. It's got some nice sweetness to it. It's got the coriander to just kind of round out the flavors. And it's just clean, clean, clean. This is an award-winning beer for a reason. All right. Well, there's more news. Surprise, surprise. So let's get into more of the arena announcements. So basically everything that Watsi's doing right now uh, is with the crisis involved, got to be online. So Arena is their main platform right now, and you can tell because they're pushing it with everything. But they also have some really nice events going on right now with their FNM at home. So that continues through June 19th. Uh, basically, WotC is just trying to get people to still participate in FNM. And what's awesome is that they actually have the WPN stores participating, well, some of them. So you can play against the same locals that you would normally play. So with the stores getting involved, hopefully they still have the prize support that they normally would. Uh, and hopefully it's not all just digital because some of the promos uh, are pretty sweet. And what's also awesome is that Watsi is actually helping some stores set up Discord servers for them to help players interact with each other. And so that's awesome. Keep up the good shit there, Watsi. Uh, I'm a fan. Watsi's also doing some goofy fun events like Momir, Cascade, uh, even Historic Brawl, which is obviously like everything that Brawl is not. Uh, so we'll see how those events turn out. I mean, I'm even interested in Historic Brawl, but that's also just because it's not standard. Yet another thing they've got going on still is the Brawlers' Guild Hall events. So these are month-to-month -month events that focus on specific cards. It's free entry, so this one will run until July 1st, and after that, it's just going to be month-to-month that they're changing things up. So just look forward to the announcements there and see what else they've got. Hopefully they keep on going with some of the fun commanders, uh, like they did with Hannah Ship's Navigator, uh, one of my favorite cards. Obviously enchantments, my jam. So next up is the continuation of Historic Anthology. So this is uh, number three. We didn't really cover one or two, uh, just so much on our plates at the time. So just a brief overview of what it is. Basically, they're just adding new cards to Arena outside of Standard. Basically, it's just Watsi slowly building up the Eternalist inside of the Arena client. Uh, hopefully, they're trying to make Historic a solid format before they try and do anything else. It might just be one of like the premier formats in the future if they continue to do this. But first one was in November. It included things like Fauna Shaman, Goblin Matron, and Sarah Ascendant. The second one in March included Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, 
Packrat, Dragon Master Outcast, Maelstrom Pulse, Knight of the Reliquary, Meddling Mage, Platinum Angel, and more. So a lot of hype there. And this third set has got the original Ulamog, the Honden Shrines, Swansong, Phyrexian Obliterator, Enchantress's Presence, Mirari's Wake, Ancient Ziggurat, Maze's End, and more. So there's lots to highlight. So those are the ones that stuck out to me, but there's a lot that's been added to Historic, and some of them are some pretty powerful cards. And with those powerful cards, they decided that they're going to do an Arena Cube. So now that they have player drafts, which we also forgot to cover, sorry, they're finally doing cubes, which is awesome. I love cube. Cube is probably my favorite format just because you get to play with the most powerful cards. Arena Cube, you're, well, your list is limited, but hopefully they've curated something that's fun to play for everyone. Um, and I believe they said that the first event that you do is free. Uh, so try and get your friends together and make something happen there. So because it's on Arena, you'll cube with standard and historic cards, everything that's on Arena, including the Historic Anthology 3. So the last one for Arena is Arena Open. So this is an actual real-world money tournament in Arena. So it's a two-day tournament optimized for online play. Day one is going to be standard best of one, and it's going to be on May 30th. So sign up beforehand. Make sure you get in if you're interested in it. And there is an entry fee associated with that. I'll get to that in just a second. So you need to win seven matches before you get three losses, and that'll help you go to day two. There's also, I believe, some prize associated with it, but the entry fee is kind of insane. It's either 20,000 gold or 4,000 gems. And for reference, you'll have to spend at least $25 for each entry using gems, unless you ball out for the better packages for the gems. So I did say each entry, and you are allowed to enter it multiple times, but you will have to pay the entry fee each time, and only one successful qualification for day two is going to matter. Uh, anything else is just extra. Uh, I guess getting the practice in is good, but the entry fee is, well, there's a reason why they're paying out the way they are. So day two is going to be standard again, best of three with sideboarding. It's going to be May 31st, so just immediately following that next day. There's no cost of entry aside from qualifying on day one and the entry fee associated with day one. And again, you're looking to win seven matches, but you can only afford two losses on this one. The prizes here, like I said, real world money. So five wins will get you 20,000 gems. And for reference again here, that's worth $100 if you were to buy the package for that many gems. Six wins gets you $1,000 US dollars. That's real money. Read the fine print. Make sure you actually get it. You've got to go through some steps to make sure that you're allowed to enter in the first place. But I'm sure you guys can figure that out. And seven wins gets you $2,000. So not a bad way to spend quarantine. Definitely will help some of us. But goddamn, if you haven't been grinding already for your gold, well, hopefully you got just some cash laying around. And hopefully you only have to do it once. Now, the real reason why most of you guys are here, and that's the new set. So they said that they weren't going to be doing master sets for a while, and then they did Modern Horizons, and now we've got Double Masters. So Double Masters is already looking hype. The release date is August 7th, and it's going to be a big set with 332 cards. Obviously, take away basics, chunk that down a little bit, but what are you actually getting? What's in the box? It's called Double Masters because you have double the rares and mythics and double the foils. So if you haven't played with a master set before, I haven't drafted it, Every pack comes with a foil and can be of any rarity, and it just replaces one of the commons. So you've got double the rares, double the foils, but it is a master set, so it's going to come with a price. 24 packs per box, not like the 36 that you get in a standard set. And for pack distribution, just if anyone's curious about that, you've got eight commons, three uncommons, two rares or mythics, and two foil that can be of any rarity. They've also kind of figured out box toppers, hopefully, and it wouldn't be double masters if there wasn't double the box toppers. So I think Watsi's finally getting the hint with this. They're non-foil, so you don't have to worry about that foil curve. And they're borderless showcase cards, and those are in each booster box. Two in each, and they're supposedly pulled from fan favorite cards. And based on the few that they've revealed, they're 
height. So there's just some absolute bangers in the set. I think they've spoiled like five cards and they're all solid. We've got Dulling Season, Mana Crypt, Atraxa, Blightsteel Colossus, and Kali of the Vast. All of these cards we've talked about in the past and are very, very powerful. So this is going to release a day early on Magic Online, so August 6th, and they're going to be $6.99 a pack. So Watsy for a while has basically tried to reel back the MSRP that they put on products. And that's kind of messed up the market a little bit because we know what things should cost. And for them to take that away kind of takes away some of the kind of fair trade idea that you get when you know what a product is worth. And so for them to put that on there uh, with that announcement for it, kind of interesting to me. Who knows? Maybe it's not going to matter at all. So it's great what we're told what we're getting with Double Masters, but it's also really nice that they told us what we aren't. So they said that fetches are going to be reprinted this year, but not in Double Masters. It's interesting that they make that comment on the announcement because of the timing of everything. They've already said they've got the secret layer or the secret layer equivalent of fetches that are coming out. So since they said that, that kind of makes me have the assumption that outside of that secret layer equivalent, whatever it happens to be, we're going to have another reprint of fetches. So kind of makes me wonder, is there going to be another master set this year or is Zendikar actually going to have the fetches? Uh, it's not likely probably to put them back in a standard, but I am keeping up on my bold prediction there. So I apologize for the short video on this one. I'm still trying to learn how to do all of the audio stuff on my own. And if anyone's wondering, there's not bad blood or anything like that between any of us. Uh, to that point, if anyone's on YouTube right now, you'll see the jankiest setup that we've had to do for this show. Uh, Garyan actually has helped a lot making sure that I can continue doing it. I even asked both of them before trying to basically restart everything here if they're cool with me doing it. And both of them gave me the thumbs up. So really, it's kind of down to you guys. Uh, Gary and even actually helped me set up to make sure that I could do this. He's been a great help. He actually let me the pop filter that I'm using and the mic stand that I'll be using, at least until mine gets here. Shipping, you know, COVID. It's crazy. Uh, but he's also been just helping me out with all of the audio questions that I have, trying to make sure that this goes smoothly as possible. And don't worry, Commander 2020, it's going to be the first like full real episode that I edit. So hopefully I'm able to do... Well, at least half as good a job as what Garyan is able to do. Uh, and hopefully the audio on this one is acceptable. And if you want to see Untap Upkeep Drink continue, let me know. Uh, I'll throw a survey down at the bottom of the description. Just get in there. Let me know. Uh, if you don't do that, give me a shout out. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, at UED Podcast or at Untap Upkeep Drink. I've still got loads of ideas for episodes. Uh, probably going to keep a shorter format in general. When three people are talking, have ideas, and you've got the full discourse, obviously those episodes are going to be longer. So mine are most likely going to be short to the point. If you want a longer form, again, with that survey, just let me know. Basically, this show is in the listeners' hands right now. And whatever you guys want to see happen, I will try to make happen. Uh, that's my promise to you. So that's it for this episode. I'll see you guys next time. And as we always say on this podcast, have fun. And I got to keep echoing this. Stay safe out there. And if you have feedback on this episode, please, please let me know. Uh, I'm eager to improve. Obviously, I have a lot to learn but I will keep on trucking through with it as long as you guys are interested.